WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Friday, September 15th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice weekend on the way. Sun and clouds today, the high 73. Saturday, partly cloudy, high 79. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 78. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 56 in Nyack up in Rockland County, 53, geez, and clear in Princeton down in New Jersey. And it is only 58 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. This Drew Barrymore story sort of working its way out. Maybe you've been following it. Somebody has been stalking Drew Barrymore for a while now. And the story just got more bizarre as the days went on. Uh, Chad Michael Busto, the guy who was allegedly stalking uh, Drew Barrymore, did so at an event here in Manhattan and apparently was looking for her house in the Hamptons. You know, scary stuff. And uh, he didn't show up for a bench warrant, so they couldn't figure out where he was and supposed to show up in court in Southampton. He was not there. And then there was just this bizarre moment. At um, the Brooklyn Navy Yard, it was uh, during Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. He shows up at New York Fashion Week, Chad Michael Busto. He sneaks into a dressing room somehow at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, begins yelling at the models there and the makeup artists, telling them that he wanted to marry Emma Watson, the actress. Now, I don't even know if Emma Watson was there. But somehow, he, the fact that he was able to get through security at Fashion Week and then get this close to the models is awfully frightening. They found him. Uh, the police caught up with him there. That was his moment. And uh, he was busted. And uh, now he's going to have to answer to all these charges. And he claims again that... Uh, he did not know that Drew Barrymore would be upset that uh, he was following her around. Up until the charge, I felt like Drew had not communicated to me that she was afraid and she wanted me to stay away from yeah, her. Yeah, no, it just it gets very bizarre. Anyway, all right, so they finally caught up with him. They had that bench warrant out for him. Now they've nabbed the guy, uh, and he's going to face a whole host of charges. I imagine now include these ones where he broke into Fashion Week at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. The Rolling Stones uh, album. Uh, we're waiting for it. You know, we have the single, which sounds pretty good. Don't get angry with me. I'm in a desperate state. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I've always been a Rolling Stones fan. So this new album is going to have a slew of superstars. Feels like it'll be their swan song, which would not be a surprise to many since Mick Jagger's 80 years old. The band revealing uh, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, Elton John, Lady Gaga, all going to appear on this album, Hackney Diamonds. And we're being told there's going to be some sort of tour, which is just great. I mean, how, you know, we got a president that's old, so why not Mick Jagger at 80 years old on stage touring the country? Uh, we don't know exactly when that'll happen. We do know this album, which there's always an enormous amount of hype around already, will drop on October 20th. All right, let's get into the big headlines of the day. The top five at five. Did they topple the tent in Brooklyn last night? Auto workers going to be walking the picket line this morning. 
Hunter's been indicted, but will he end up in jail? A Texas border agent has some stories to tell. And student painting parking spots. There's a controversy over this in the Hudson Valley. All right, let's get into it. Let's first start about this Hurricane Lee. Now, we're not going to get hit by it, but there is some worries along the shore as Hurricane Lee churns in the Atlantic. Coastal communities watching this closely. It will not make landfall, but it could cause some dangerous waves, dangerous conditions, some beach erosion down the Jersey Shore. New Jersey Seaside Heights authorities are already warning swimmers there that they will ticket people who go into the water at beaches this weekend without lifeguards. That's how worried about they are about the churning waters there. Uh, a New Jersey task force has been set up uh, to handle what might come out of Lee. They've set up these team members that include uh, canine search dogs, uh, vehicles at different staging areas, all just in case. I mean, the thought is this is not going to be bad, but they want to be ready in case it does get bad. We'll be prepared for any effects from the hurricane, um, search and rescue, water rescue, structural collapse incidents, whatever they need. So Lee is currently a Category 1, tracking towards the New England area, bracing for potential flooding from storm surge there. But they're also worried about flooding here, so they'll watch this over the weekend. We're bringing what we consider Type 1 cash. It's everything we need to perform all operations from setting up a base camp to heavy search and rescue to swift water rescue. Again, all just in case they want to be on the ready, that's down the Jersey Shore. Out on Long Island, it's the same thing. Governor Hochul announcing the deployment of 50 soldiers from the National Guard to begin preparations for this Category 1 storm uh, as it brushes, brushes the uh, coast. Uh, the town of Hempstead working to reinforce beaches yesterday as people prepare their homes ahead of any potential impact from the storm. Uh, experts say the region could see waves as high as 15 feet high. Sustained wind gusts over the weekend as well. Uh, PSENG, they were holding a press conference yesterday, say they've actually brought in some crews to Long Island just in case the wind knocks out power over the next uh, 48 hours or so. Just out of an abundance of caution, we, we want to have resources there. So with the heavy rains we've had over the past few days, you know, it, it'll weaken some of the trees. So we are preparing to stage some of our resources. Yes, yeah, so the uh, beaches here in the city, they've closed officially for the season. Uh, the lifeguards are no longer there. And so here in the city, they're also giving you that same warning. Hey, be careful. Uh, you don't, you never want to go in the water without a lifeguard, no matter what. But for those people who do, they say it's going to be choppy and churny and there's going to be riptides. So be very careful this weekend. WABC News Time 509. United Auto Workers going to be walking the picket line this morning, failing to reach a new contract with the big three automakers. Thursday's deadline, it was midnight, it passed, prompting these target strikes against the big three. Union President Sean Thain says workers at three plants, one at each automaker, will be the first to picket. From day one, we've told these companies... You know, we don't expect them to delay and drag things out, and that's what they chose to do. We didn't want to be here. We want a fair agreement. We want fair economic and social justice for our members. So we're watching as some picket lines are already being set up this morning. They are in Missouri, Ohio, of course, in Michigan, the UAW. 
uh, UAW made up of about 140,000 members. They're seeking pay increases, a four-day work week, and return to pension and retiree benefits. We gave counteroffers. We, we've, we, and, and that's the first misconception that some of the corporate CEOs have been putting out, saying we haven't countered. We've countered. We've had very constructive conversations. We made counteroffers again tonight. It's their fault. The White House actually involved. Apparently, we're being told President Biden spoke to Sean Fain, the head of the UAW, at some point yesterday. But whatever it was, this thing fell apart. There's a billionaire class and there's the rest of us. We're all expected to sit back and take the scraps and live paycheck to paycheck and scrape to get by. We're second-class citizens. And this could be really a big deal. They say one estimate says a strike lasting just 10 days could result in a total loss nationwide of more than $5 billion. So they will obviously work hard to somehow come to some sort of agreement today. But those workers on the picket line this morning. 5-11, let's bring it back home. Did you go to the Topple the Tent event last night? Floyd Bennett Field with Curtis Lewa and Sid Rosenberg. This was the protest to try and stop a new tent city from going up at Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn. Federally owned property, a park, of course, that's been there forever. The federal government giving the green light to New York to use it as a place to house the migrants that continue to come here. It could hold up to like two 2,000 migrants. Uh, it's not even clear necessarily when this tent would go up, but last night this protest was on to make sure that it never goes up. Our own Curtis Lewa, one of the big speakers last night. We bring any more illegal aliens into Staten Island, and we're bringing out the 18-wheel tractor trailers. The independent truckers are going to park parallel. We're blocking the Verrazano Bridge, the Yadda Bridge Crossing, the Bayland Bridge, the Garfield Bridge. Yeah, so that was uh, Curtis last night. Uh, Sid played the MC, interviewing a couple different people that spoke along the way. Uh, maybe the more impassioned speech uh, of the night coming. No surprise for our own Curtis Lee. Huh? You're in a hut in a third world country, and then all of a sudden you're at the Milford Plaza, smoking weed and drinking cerveza, and going up and down the streets on a motorbike in Vespa, no license, no registration, and the cops say arrest you and turn you loose. Why? Because you're an asylum seeker. Now, if you were a young man with high levels of testosterone, where the hell do you think you would want to go? New York City. And they're coming by the thousands. Some of the argument against using Floyd Bennett Field is that it floods. The other is that it's going to be the single men, some that we know nothing about, or a lot of them we know nothing about. Uh, regular folk um, who are upset about this, whose names are not Curtis Lee and Sid Rosenberg, showing up last night at this protest as well. Where should they go? They should go back and come back legally the same way my family came on first generation here in this country. He's first generation here from his family's country, and they should come here legally the same way everyone should come. The other argument is that Floyd Bennett Field is really far away from any sort of real resources, transportation, uh, even just regular getting yourself a meal, shopping, that kind of thing. You should be ashamed of yourself, ashamed of yourself for taking these migrants and wanting to put them here at Floyd Bennett Field. Put them in Buffalo. Put them in Erie County. 
So there's no exact date on when this agreement will be signed. Uh, we actually reached out to City Hall over the last 24 hours, and they say there's no deal in place. So we have to hope that that is true. But they didn't say that there is no deal going to be executed at some point. So, of course, we will continue to watch this story. 514, Hunter Biden being charged with felony gun charges yesterday. Correspondent Ryan Nobles has the details. It is now official. The president's son, Hunter Biden, facing three criminal counts after a special counsel has handed down an indictment in Wilmington, Delaware. Special counsel David Weiss indicting President Biden's son in connection with a gun he purchased back in 2018. He's charged with allegedly making false statements while purchasing the gun, possessing the gun while addicted to drugs. Weiss is also weighing whether to charge Hunter with alleged tax crimes. The charges come after that plea deal fell apart earlier this summer. Essentially, uh, at the core of this allegation is that Hunter Biden lied on an application for a federal permit uh, to obtain a gun. And at the time, he was an active drug user, which is against the law. Reaction coming in from both sides of the aisle, as you might guess. Uh, Republican Congressman Daryl Issa of California striking a somber tone. People are trying not to look overly happy. This is a tragedy. This is a, uh, a young man, somewhat young man who has drug problems, who has criminal problems. Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin, he's from Maryland, warned no one should take delight in other people's misfortune. We shouldn't take delight in other people's misfortunes, but we have to have a rule of law. And Alan Dershowitz, he was on Katz and Cosby last night at 5 o'clock talking about this case. He thinks that Hunter Biden will make a Second Amendment defense argument. Well, I predicted it uh, as soon as I saw the deal fall apart, which I also predicted I said that there'd have to be an indictment. Now, what's going to happen now, listen very carefully, because it's a little complicated. He's not going to plead completely guilty. He's going to make a plea bargain. He's going to do what's called a stipulated plea. Let me explain very simply how that works. He's going to say, I did what you said I did. I lied on my forms. I don't deny it. But the Second Amendment doesn't permit the government to ask me whether I have used drugs So he's going to make a Second Amendment defense in the appellate courts, hoping to get the support of conservatives and Second Amendment people on his appeal. But he's not going to dispute the facts underlying the charges. That was Alan Dershowitz on Katz and Cosby, which, of course, is on the other five. We're at five in the morning. They're at the five in the afternoon. Another great show right here on 77 WABC. All right, let's head over to the 77 WABC sports desk. Uh, Justin Ellick has the day off because he was at the Eagles game last night. So Ken is here. Well, good morning, Anom Aladen. Happy Friday. Starting with the Yankees here. They split their doubleheader with the Red Sox yesterday. They were blanked 5 to nothing in the first game, but they did win the second game 8 to 5. Aaron Judge smashed a grand slam in the second inning. Fox picked up the action. Who sends one deep to center field and this is gone. A grand slam for Aaron Judge. The Yankees take the lead in the second. That was number 99's 34th homer on the season. The Bombers are in Pittsburgh for the weekend to play the Pirates. 635 first pitch tonight. Garrett Cole gets the nod as he goes for his 14th win of the season. As for the Mets in a day game at City Field, they crush the Diamondbacks 11-1 to to take that series three games to one. The Amazons host the Reds for a weekend series beginning tonight. 
First pitch, 7-10, David Peterson takes the hill. In some Thursday night football action, I'm sure Justin Ellick is real happy as the Eagles beat the Vikings last night, 34-28. As for the Giants, they're in Arizona to play the Cardinals on Sunday, 4-05 kickoff, and the Jets will take on the Cowboys at 425 in Dallas. Speaking of gang green, quarterback Aaron Rodgers is taking the first steps towards recovery after tearing his Achilles tendon. He announced yesterday that he had a successful surgery and posted a photo of himself smiling from a hospital bed. Here with your sports update, I'm Ken Connolly for Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520 must be kind of stressful at the White House. You have Hunter Biden under indictment. And of course, the other big story in D.C. is the potential impeachment of a president. The top Democrat in the House slamming Republicans over their impeachment inquiry into President Biden. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries calls it a partisan political stunt. House Republicans are being driven by the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos, and Donald Trump. That's who's running the circus. He claims no evidence of wrongdoing with respect to President Biden. In ring one, shut down the government. Ring two, impeach President Biden. Ring three, jam your extreme right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people. House Republicans are fighting each other. And you know what it means for everyday Americans? More chaos, more dysfunction, and more extremism. Of course, Republicans would push back against that. Speaker Kevin McCarthy ordering the impeachment investigation into the president over his alleged ties to his son's foreign business dealings. The impeachment inquiry gaining support among Republicans. Senator John Cornyn of Texas is one of them. President Biden has committed the sort of uh, acts that warrant an impeachment inquiry. The Democrats are the ones who sort of normalized impeachment by impeaching President Trump twice. What did they think when the shoe was on the other foot that somehow this would not happen? And then you have these reports that say House Speaker Kevin McCarthy all but dared the most conservative Republicans to try and oust him as speaker. Uh, multiple outlets saying McCarthy used an expletive when he called on his GOP detractors to file the motion if they want to remove him during a closed-door meeting yesterday. I showed frustration in here because I am frustrated with the committee. I'm frustrated with some people in the conference. Conservative members, including Florida Congressman Matt Gates, have threatened to force McCarthy out of the speakership if he doesn't comply with their demands. But when we come back, we're not going to leave. We're going to get this done. Nobody wins in a government shutdown. This comes as House Republicans are divided on how to fund the government and, of course, how to avoid a shutdown at the end of the month. And then you had former President Trump weighing in on some of this yesterday. He says it's very unlikely he'd pardon himself if he were to win in 2024. I think it's very unlikely. What what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. You mean because I challenged an election, they want to put me in jail? The former president, of course, indicted four times this year, twice in federal court, twice in state courts. Trump also touched on the pardon question that arose at the end of his first term, saying he was given an option to pardon himself before he left office, but chose not to. I could have pardoned myself. Do you know what? I was given an option to pardon myself. I could have pardoned myself when I left. People said, would you like to pardon yourself? I had a couple of attorneys that said, you can do it if you want. Uh, I had some people that said it would look bad if you do it, because I think it would look terrible. 
And then, of course, amid all this craziness, the president out on trying to sell his budget ideas, trying to convince people that he should get another four years in office, uh, praising the American spirit yesterday while touting his economic agenda during a press conference and event in Maryland. Whatever we've set our mind to as a country, we've always accomplished. We've never failed. Not a joke. Think about it. Naming one objective America's set that they haven't been able to accomplish. He was speaking together. at a community college in Maryland. Biden claimed the Republicans' plan will give tax cuts to the wealthy, cut Social Security and Medicare, and raise costs for American families. It blew up the deficit. It produced an anemic economic growth, if any growth at all. It's a great benefit to those families. It increased economic, and by the way, increases economic growth. Biden trying to sell everybody on the child tax credit. It means you can get help for your kid and you can go to work. 524. Let's go down to Texas. The wife of a Texas Border Patrol agent giving congressional members a glimpse of the impact that a surge of illegal immigration is having on the men and women who wear the uniform. The burden of not being able to help or fix up problems at work becomes so overwhelming it consumes an agent's mind to the point where he lashes out in anger. That's Mayra Cantu. She's part of a hearing on the consequences of the border crisis. She says a surge of illegal immigration taking a toll on the mental health of these agents to the point where some turn to alcohol. They carry the names and faces of those children to the point where normal life situations are no longer as relevant as those tragic stories. Cantu, who is married to a Border Patrol agent in Texas, says that those who wear the uniform are exhausted and overwhelmed. She says suicides are up. In many cases, an agent turns to alcohol, solitude, and all of a sudden, we end up with a potential divorce topped with depression. 525. Let's go overseas. No let up in the horrors from that flooding in Libya. There's one number being thrown around. The death toll could be 20,000, which is, is outrageous. Correspondent Maui Hunter has more. Storm Daniel brought nine months of rain in just six hours, bursting through two dams. Satellite images show the coastline before and after. Drone footage captures the scale one-third of Derna wiped out. Whole neighborhoods just completely gone. If you've seen the pictures, it's just crazy what's happening there. There is, uh, has been some confusion about getting support into Libya. There's two competing governments in Libya. So that's uh, hampered some of the rescue efforts from overseas. This resident saying bodies have been buried in mass graves. The cemeteries are all full. This man in neighboring Egypt, distraught. He lost four members of his family. Yeah, again, the, so the, the number that's being thrown around, 20,000 plus dead. 526, while we're overseas, President Biden planning to meet now with Ukrainian President Zelensky next week. Reports say the meeting will be around the United Nations General Assembly meetings in New York. It's unclear if it'll be in New York or Washington, D.C. Both leaders are scheduled to address the assembly Tuesday. There, Zelensky is expected to appeal for more support for Ukraine amid its ongoing war against Russia. I'm Brian Shook. Today is day three of the Google antitrust trial in D.C. The Justice Department accuses the tech giant of spending billions of dollars to secure agreements with mobile carriers, smartphone makers, and browser operators to become the default search engine. Prosecutors say Google has more than 90% of the search market. And let's look at the numbers. Wall Street closing yesterday with stocks higher. This comes as the European Central Bank hiked rates, even though the Federal Reserve is expected 
expected to hold rates steady at its meeting this month. The European Central Bank noted that inflation is cooling and this could be the end of its rate hiking campaign. At the closing yesterday, the Dow up. 331 points. S&P 500 rose by 37. NASDAQ gained 112 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That is me, 532. Good morning. It is Friday, September 15th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda weather. You're going to like this one. Sun, clouds today, high 73. Saturday, sun. Sun clouds, high 79. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 78. Boy, that sounds like a delightful weekend. If you are walking out the door with us right now, and so happy you are, 56 and clear in Nyack up in Rockland County, 53, geez, and clear in Princeton down in New Jersey, and it is 58 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island, the Malvern High School Mules out on Long Island just starting their football season. But all the talk yesterday was about their longtime coach, 49-year-old Keto Lockwood. Lockwood was indicted yesterday in a narcotics trafficking ring that the Nassau County DA alleges was operating along Long Island's South Shore. So parents, of course, hearing about this as they were dropping their kids off for football practice, and many of them say they are standing behind Coach Lockwood. They don't believe he could have done anything like this. Outside of him being a coach, he's a role model for our kids. Yes, the accusations are bad. However, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Akito Lockwood is innocent. Twelve people indicted in this alleged ring. Prosecutors claim their nine-month investigation uncovered cocaine, crack, fentanyl, some of which was hidden in a microwave, as well as firearms, including a ghost gun, assault weapons. Lockwood was not charged with conspiracy, as others in the indictment were. He pled not guilty to three counts, each of criminal possession of a firearm, criminal possession of a weapon. He does a lot for these kids and always shows up, always shows up, and that's important. So um, before we assume, we need to know the true facts. Lockwood has been coaching Malvern High for... 14 years now. In a statement, the school said, we do believe strongly in the judicial process and that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But there were parents who say, well, maybe this guy shouldn't be coaching anymore. Said commentary on the world today. This happens even in a little village. It happens in the city. It happens everywhere. Some involved in this indictment could face up to life in prison. Lockwood could face up to seven years behind bars. 534 out to Staten Island, where lawmakers battling continue their battle to have the city close the migrant shelter at a former Catholic school there. Officials behind numerous protests over the shelter at St. John Villa Academy, which is in the residential area of Staten Island. They have enough room for 300 beds. Uh, they've been trying to convince a judge to order the city to close it. That was what they were trying to do yesterday as they held this press conference. The worst possible choice in the worst possible location. Those have stopped working for the residents of the city and have put their priorities 
uh, in the hands of those who have come across our border in violation of our law. Two people you heard there, Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella, New York City Council Minority Leader Joe Borelli. They blame Governor Hochul, Mayor Adams, President Biden for the migrant mess in the city. Borelli and others faulted Adams for ordering city agencies to cut their budgets now by 5%. Could be 15% next year, all to pay for the migrants who've been moved into shelters all across the five boroughs. Listen to the mayor's own words. We are shifting resources away from public services for New Yorkers to serve this population of which I can say my constituents uh, want no part of. They don't support this idea of sanctuary city. So perhaps in this courthouse, we'll see where the buck stops on the city government and the state government and the federal government. And perhaps this is where that pendulum starts to swing back. The court battle here, it centers on whether Mayor Adams has the right to say that over 113,000 migrants coming to the city constitutes an emergency. And therefore, he has the right to open shelters wherever he can find space, including that former Catholic school out on Staten Island. So now a judge is deciding that. The arguments continued even after the court hearing was over yesterday. The city said Staten Island needs to uh, shoulder its fair share, uh, that it needs to have uh, its slice of the pie. Well, you know, a slice of a poison pie uh, is not fair share. The judge yesterday did not rule from the bench, said he would prepare a written decision. Meanwhile, Adams defending his need to order budget cuts, said he would welcome legislation in Albany that would allow the state to issue work permits to give to these migrants. He said that would help out a whole lot. We got a $5 billion dollar deficit that we have to take out of the household of New York City. It's, unac- it's, uh, it's unacceptable. And yesterday, White House staffers were arriving in the city to try and guide migrants through the process of applying for federal work authorization. New York was going to offer their own because the feds were taking so long, they say, to offer up theirs. People want the dignity of being independent. How could we not allow people to work? And so if they have a way to do it, I welcome that 100%. And mass transit's in pretty good shape. WABC News Time 539, the new COVID vaccine available in the city today. The reformulated vaccine on its way to pharmacies just days after the CDC approved it for anybody six months and up. So the question is, will people get this uh, COVID vaccine? We asked. We have to take advantage of modern medicine and research to stay healthy. And anybody who's lost anybody from a disease that you couldn't do that for knows better. I mean, I had to get a new mechanic because my mechanic didn't want to get a vaccine. Now he's dead. So it comes as New York State has seen a rise in the number of COVID cases and hospitalizations in recent week, but they remain well below numbers earlier in the pandemic. So as the cold weather months approach, uh, health experts concerned about what they're calling the triple threat of the uh, COVID flu RSV. And so a lot of doctors telling people to roll up their sleeves and get not just the COVID shot, but the flu shot. And maybe that'll be the thing you'll do for years to come. Well, I'm a doctor, so I, I had COVID twice and then I had the vaccine and then I wound up getting COVID again. So I would think that I have enough natural immunity. I've done it once before and I still contracted COVID. Yeah, there's a lot of... I don't see the use. A lot of people out there say they think this is all tied to politics, the vaccine, and the push to get people to get it. I've never seen them really push and promote something that is truly and honestly good for the American people. 
unless there was an agenda attached to it. 541. What is going on in the Bronx? Three people, innocent bystanders, shot over the last 72 hours. The latest, a 71-year-old woman killed. A second person hit in the arm as stray bullets flew across a Bronx sidewalk. This was lunchtime yesterday. Mott Haven section, that 71-year-old woman, Enrica Rivera, takes a gunshot wound to her back. By the time cops arrive, she's down on the ground. She dies a short time later. Uh, she's just an innocent bystander. Uh, two guys just shooting at each other, and she was at the wrong place at the wrong time. She was just a really sweet old lady, like, you know, giving giving person in the community. It's it's like one of my neighbors passing, you know? Like, it's it's someone in the community that we care about that that was a part of us, and now they're not here. The second victim, a 34-year-old Bronx resident, took a bullet in the arm in front of a flower shop on the sidewalk. Again, just going about their own business. Three innocent bystanders have been shot over the last 72 hours, including an 8-year-old kid a Thursday night. Police and the Bronx DA say they've had enough of this. We've had a couple of innocent bystanders shot within a couple of days. Exactly three shootings with four victims. That were unintended targets. Eight-year-old boy that I had to visit in the hospital. Thank God he survived. A brave little young man. But getting off a school bus coming from home? We don't deserve this. The thought is most of this is gang-related violence. They have made some arrests, but others of the gunmen still on the loose. The Bronx Borough President, Vanessa Gibson, says uh, she's trying to work to bring down the crime. We have to address the underlying issues of why young adults are engaging in crews anyway. Why we have these ongoing beefs and turf wars fighting over streets that don't belong to us. And they have access to guns. 543. Let's uh, head over to the Upper East Side. Thank God they caught up with this creep who shoved a senior citizen onto the subway tracks at the Hunter College station earlier this week. Uh, the guy who did it, police say, 49-year-old Derek Mills, taken into custody last night, charged with assault. The arrest comes after the 74-year-old victim shoved onto the tracks on the six-train platform. I Thankfully, he's going to be okay, and thankfully, there are people nearby to grab him off the tracks before a train came in. Uh, the victim's uh, granddaughter, happy that this guy has been finally found. His day is coming, doesn't You don't just go around hurting people. We're all human beings. We're supposed to take care of each other, just like the animals take care of each other. That 74-year-old was just trying to go home from work when he was shoved on the tracks. He works at a parking garage on Fifth Avenue, not too far away from that subway station. Police Commissioner Ed Caban says the NYPD... Enhancing security measures for the 78th United Nations General Assembly, which kicks off here in the city next week. Our members, along with our dedicated colleagues, are the very best in the business. And our ability to handle security events of this size and scope is second to none. Yeah, so you know what this means uh, is that... It's just hard to get anywhere, especially on the east side near where our station is. Officials urging people to take mass transit since um, security measures include a slew of street closures. And you never know when they're going to happen. But if you're down below, you should be okay. Midtown Manhattan is where most of these closures will take place. We recommend that you take public transportation if you can. Or avoid the area altogether, yeah, if I mean, possible. Yeah, after years of going through this, you kind of know the drill, but it's always good to be reminded. The goal of the Secret Service is to provide a secure environment while minimizing any inconveniences. 
We ask for your patience as increased traffic and additional security protocols can be expected throughout New York City. Yeah, so just so you have a sense of how intense it'll be, 151 heads of state have said they will make it here to New York for the U.N. General Assembly next week. So it's going to be a little crowded. Their entourages, their limousines, their security, it's going to be kind of a mess here in Midtown. If you're down below, you should be okay. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Justin Ellick has got the morning off, but thank God Ken is here. Good morning, Noam Layden. Happy Friday. Starting with the Yankees here, they split their doubleheader with the Red Sox yesterday. They were blanked 5 to nothing in the first game, but they did win the second game 8-5. to Oswaldo Peraza put the nail in the coffin with this two-run homer in the ninth that Fox picked up. Peraza. Swings and launches one deep left center field towards the monster and some key insurance for the Yankees on a two-run blast off the bat of Peraza. The Bombers are in Pittsburgh for the weekend to play the Pirates. 635 first pitch tonight. Garrett Cole gets the nod as he goes for his 14th win of the season. As for the Mets in a day game at City Field yesterday, they crushed the Diamondbacks 11-1 to to take that series three games to one. Jeff McNeil blasted his ninth homer of the year and busted the game wide open in the fifth. SMY picked up the action. Every outfielder now. McNeil lofts one deep to right. Back goes Carroll. Back near the wall. The Amazons host the Reds for a weekend series beginning tonight. First pitch, 7-10. David Peterson takes the hill. Justin Ellick's Eagles improved to 2-0 last night on Thursday Night Football after they beat the Vikings 34-28. The Giants are in Arizona this Sunday to play the Cardinals, 4-0-5 kickoff. As for the Jets, they will play the Cowboys at 425 in Dallas. Speaking of gang green, quarterback Aaron Rodgers is taking the first steps towards recovery after tearing his Achilles tendon. He announced yesterday that he had a successful surgery and posted a photo of himself smiling from a hospital bed. Here with your sports update, I'm Ken Connolly for Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. One of them, Hurricane Lee. It's churning in the Atlantic. Uh, coastal communities across Tri-State preparing for dangerous rip currents, high surf at beaches. While the storm is not expected to make a landfall, it could cause dangerous conditions and beach erosion between now and, let's say, Sunday. Uh, in New Jersey, Seaside Heights, authorities warning swimmers there they risk a ticket if they go in the water at beaches without lifeguards over the coming days. That's how worried they are. They have sent some of their crews and some of their workers up to New England where the thought is they could get hit harder. So New Jersey Task Force One has been deployed to Rhode Island as the region expects to start feeling the effects of Hurricane Lee starting Friday there. We'll be prepared for any effects from the hurricane, um, search and rescue, water rescue, structural collapse incidents, whatever they need. On Long Island, Governor Kathy Hochul announcing the deployment of 50 soldiers from the New York National Guard to help with uh, Long Island in case there's flooding, uh, outages, that kind of thing. The town of Hempstead also working to reinforce beaches and alert people to prepare their homes ahead of any potential impact of the storm. PSENG holding a press conference yesterday afternoon saying uh, they do have crews at the ready in case the power goes out. Just out of an abundance of caution, we, we want to have resources there. So with the heavy rains we've had over the past few days, you know, it'll weaken some of the trees. So we are preparing to stage some of our resources. Experts say the region could see waves 
as high as 15 feet, sustained wind gusts during the next 24 hours or so, which could increase the risk of coastal flooding and some downed trees and potentially downed power lines as well. Of course, keep it here, 77 WABC for the latest on that. It's not expected to be bad. These people are all in the ready just in case. United Auto Workers are walking the picket line this morning after failing to reach a contract by midnight with the big three automakers. Thursday's deadline passed uh, without any sort of agreement. So that's what's prompting these strikes today. Union President Sean Fain says workers at three plants, one at each automaker, will be the first to picket today. From day one, we've told these companies... You know, we don't expect them to delay and drag things out, and that's what they chose to do. We didn't want to be here. We want a fair agreement. We want fair economic and social justice for our members. You will see workers out in Missouri, Ohio, and Michigan. In fact, we saw them staging the area already this morning. The UAW, made up of about 140,000 members, they're seeking pay increases, a four-day work week, and the return to pension and retiree benefits. We gave counteroffers. We, we've, we, and, and that's the first misconception that some of the corporate CEOs have been putting out, saying we haven't countered. We've countered. We've had very constructive conversations. We made counter offers again tonight. It's their fault. And we were told overnight that the White House and President Biden spoke to Fain, the United Auto Workers head, and company officials, the big three automakers, about staying in negotiations. Whatever happened there, it seems like it has not worked. There's a billionaire class and there's the rest of us. We're all expected to sit back and take the scraps and live paycheck to paycheck and scrape to get by. We're second-class citizens. So one estimate says a strike lasting just 10 days could result in a total nationwide loss of more than $5 billion. So this is big. Uh, were you at the topple the tent of protest last night, Floyd Bennett Field? Community members continuing to fight back against Floyd Bennett Field being used to house migrants. Demonstration taking place at the field. It was organized by our own Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Lee. It well, was spectacular. It was. Well, they showed you, up. You were there, correct? I was there, yeah. and uh, I did host it. And we'll get into this, obviously, at 6 o'clock. But, you know, don't forget uh, that area right there, Floyd Bennett Field, you know, to one side of it, you've got, uh, you're in Brooklyn, obviously, and you've got Mill Basin and, uh, you know, not far from Marine Park. And then once you go over the bridge, which is just feet away from Floyd Bennett Field, you're in my neighborhood, Neponset, Bell Harbor, Rockaway Beach. So at one point I asked the crowd, which was huge in numbers, to raise your hand and scream if you're from Brooklyn or from Queens, and both boroughs were so well represented. It was just an amazing evening, and it's the second one we've done at that field. This one uh, much more packed than the first one. So we reached out to City Hall yesterday and said, hey, is there... Uh, a contract here, and um, they said there's not, but they also didn't say that there wouldn't be a contract. They're lying. Yeah. They're lying. They're, they're flat out lying. City Hall has been lying forever. And I'm going to say this, uh, no big surprise, whether it's the governor, Kathy Hochul, Fabian Levy at City Hall, the mayor, Eric Adams, they're all liars. You can't trust any of them. So you can call and ask all the questions you want. The odds they're going to be honest, slim to none. So here's the thought. 2,500 migrants at Floyd Bennett Field. That's what apparently they're anticipating in building this tent city there? Not true. The last number I heard was 7,500 able-bodied men. Okay. 7,500. Big difference. Triple. Now, you may be right. I'm not sure. But uh, the number I heard, triple the number you just mentioned. Did you meet this woman last night? Where should they go? They should go back. 
and come back legally the same way my family came on first generation here in this country. He's first generation here from his family's country, and they should come here legally the same way everyone should come. She's right. Who was that? Um, you know, just some random person who showed up at the I mean, protest I, last I, I night. I met a million people. I'm a, I'm a huge star, you know. I mean, I'm yeah, a radio she, star, movie star. Well, and... She thought she had made some sort of deep impression. <laughs> well, I remember her. Well, I mean, she said something we've all been saying, but she's right. You know, look, we had we had some great speakers there last night. Tom Sullivan, Jamie Williams, Paul King. And, of course, we ended with Curtis. And uh, Curtis, at this point, is like Martin Luther King. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. It, it's just he, it, when you stand there and watch him and listen to him, he really is amazing. Yeah. He owns this migrant issue in a way that nobody else does. And this could be the issue, to your point, Norm, that could propel him to victory next time he runs for mayor, which he is going to do second time against Eric Adams. Who knows? Hmm. All right. We'll hear more about this when, of course, Curtis shows up. 705, sit in friends in the morning, keep it here, 77 WABC. A New York sports medicine physician says Jet quarterback Aaron Rodgers could make a comeback with his Achilles tendon heels. Uh, uh, you know, but Aaron Rodgers says he wants to make a comeback. If he wants to, this, you know, the surgeries have gotten much better. The recovery times are better. And if he wants to come back, uh, he certainly should be able to. He's got a great medical team taking care of him. Rodgers, of course, out for the rest of the season as the NFL Players Association pushing for natural grass fields after uh, he tore his Achilles uh, while on artificial turf at MetLife Stadium. Jets player Connor McGovern and Tyler Conklin also feel grass is just safer. The way my body feels after a game on turf and a game on grass, I physically can feel a difference. I would much rather play on grass. I mean, it's, you know, it tears hard on the joints, hard on the knees. Yeah, and the Jets, of course, preparing to take the Cowboys on this weekend without Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, this is the big question. They've assembled this amazing team, but can they get to the promised land without Aaron Rodgers, with uh, the guy they weren't thinking they were going to go with, Zach Wilson? Here's what the fans had to say. I'm anticipating a butt whooping. <laughs> I'm anticipating a butt whooping from the Cowboys. Jets have the weapons if Wilson can uh, step up and play. All right, we'll have to wait and see. Either way, this is an exciting team to be watching, no doubt.